Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our Stand Up Australia listeners and my Empowered Substack listeners. And I am so thrilled. I am beyond excited to be once again speaking to the amazing Kathleen Kaus. So how are you, Kathleen? I'm doing great, Robin. So good to see you again. Likewise, likewise. I've been so looking forward to our follow-up chat and a few things happened that caused me to have to delay it, which is, that's okay. We're, we're here today. And <laughs> as we were, as, as I mentioned to you before I hit the record button, I have this enormous list of topics to talk about <laughs> with you today. So I'm, um, I'm probably not even going to get through half of it, but that's okay. Hopefully you'll be coming back. You'll be back for round three. I love it. So uh, first up, there, there has been a little, a little kind of flurry of uh, trying to bring COVID back to life, apparently in the US. So, yeah. so tell me how that's looking from the middle of the US, where, where you are in Nebraska. You know, it, from the middle of the US, we have a, a few more panicky people who are like, "Oh, it's going to come back." And um, I, my message to everyone has been: Do not comply. Absolutely not. Just say no. If they try to tell you to wear a mask, say no. Get arrested if you need to be. They can't arrest everyone. Mm -hmm. um, I've also, now that I'm you know, a state senator, I've been sending letters to our, um, the federal delegations, their Health and Human Services Committee, uh, the Transportation Committees to say, this is a violation of our freedoms. Don't do it again. And I know all of these experts who can give you information about masks how air particles move. Stephen Petty is an amazingly talented man. And it'd be what he knows about how air moves and he actually trains hospitals how to use their masks properly. And he's always mm -hmm. maintained that this is just nonsense that they think a mask will actually work on viruses. So I've been notifying you know, our, our legislators who go to DC, our two senators and our three congressmen, let them know what's going on personally and then sending letters out to the rest of DC and saying, nope, not gonna happen. So and I'm very not gonna happen. Not happen here. It is it is super reassuring that both the Kaiser Permanente mask mandate and then what it, it was Lionsgate, wasn't it? The film studio. One day. <laughs> like that the pushback was so fast and so strong that and it they, needs to be and people okay. can't yeah. <laughs> yeah. People cannot forget how how badly they manipulated the data, how badly they used propaganda to scare people into doing something that has absolute no medical merit whatsoever. So it we is, have to yeah. push. It, it's astonishing, isn't it? I mean, after the Cochrane review, the updated Cochrane review, just completely put the kibosh on all of this, and yeah. and and still, still they try to resurrect it. I did see there was a little clip of. Um, of St. Anthony Fauci on, I think it was MSLSG. Um, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> not sure where, where I got that from. There's some podcaster who calls in that and it really stuck with me. I really like that name though. That's great. <laughs> well, they're on something. Um, I, I think it was them. I can't quite remember, but but the the presenter actually gave St. Anthony a bit of a grilling and said, well, what about this Cochrane thing? Um, and he denies and it. He says there's more studies out there. Not true. Yeah, uh, as a matter of fact, that's Cochrane's job, right? To look at all right. the studies and then to classify them. You know, this is a high quality study. We can right. use this in evidence. This is an absolutely garbage study, which of right. course is what the CDC was was churning out and then spruiking for the benefits of math. This is a garbage study, so it didn't even make it into our analysis for these reasons. 
And anyway, so so I'm so pleased to see that Tom Jefferson has basically come out and said, no, it's garbage. Fauci is relying on low quality studies and oh wow it's it's and we're, we're starting to see you know the the like jay bhattacharya peter mccullough the the doctors who've been pushing back on this you know simone gold they're starting to get traction and now you're starting to see more doctors who are willing to stand up with them and to push back um there's a little bit of the the switching of the jerseys going on and people are like well i never believed that well yeah but you you wanted to make me put something on when i walked into your doctor's office which is why i stopped going to the doctor you know, it's, it's people yeah. don't. Or, or how, how about, how about I go through your social media posts from, you know, a right. couple of years ago where you were ranting and raving about all these exactly. people who refuse to wear masks. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's a, that's a whole interesting topic. And you know what, look, let's go there. So there's a, there's a variety of approaches that I've heard suggested for, you know, how do we handle these, these jerseys, mm-hmm. which isn't, there is a faction of the, um, loosely described freedom you know freedom movement who say mm-hmm. no you're not welcome uh you you weren't with us from from the start and so we don't trust you you're controlled opposition if you didn't have the right philosophical framework from the beginning then how can we trust you not to switch jerseys again when the going gets tough and then there's another faction that says look we need all the help we can get we need yeah. more people on our team let them come in What's as a as someone with a background in in mediation? What's your take on this? Uh, my first of all, if I understand the the reasoning behind saying nope, you are clearly over there. You are have painted yourself as the enemy, and I understand the people who want to come back and not be the enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an old saying, Mark Twain, I believe, said, "You can." It's easier to fool people than to convince them that they have been fooled. So people have dug down deep and they've doubled down. And if they're starting to come around, I do think we need to say, okay, acknowledge that you were wrong. Because you you cannot be fooled again if you can say, this was done, I bought it, and I'm I'm a fool for buying it. But once you make that acknowledgement, once you say, I was had, it was then you can start being angry, but then you know what to look for. Mm-hmm. If you don't go through that self-process of acknowledging that you were wrong and that you were misled or that you wanted so badly to believe for whatever reason it is, if you don't go through that process, you're going to be misled again easily. So I do think that there, there should be a good deal of skepticism. Welcome people back in, but you don't necessarily have to trust them. And it's okay to point out, you, you told me that, it would be better off if I died because I didn't want to get the shot. You told me that I was killing people by not putting a mask on. You know, those are things that cause harm to other people. So I think there needs to be a process of acknowledgement. And then, yes, we do need other people to stand up and say, not again. But the second they wobble and you're going to see lots of people who right away go right back to it because they believe that they're saving people. I mean, it's that self-martyring kind of and I, I think it's people who just don't have enough real struggles in their life that they need to feel like this is a struggle. Yes, uh, this this is a, a, a Jordan Peterson often talks about, uh, and I'm I can't think of the exact phrase, but it's kind of like cheap moral virtue. You know, mm-hmm. it's something that you can you can sign up to or sign on to. It's a set of behaviors that that aren't terribly virtue signaling. 
Yeah, virtue signaling. It's not terribly costly for you to do it. It's kind of like no skin off your back, although I would argue that, that wearing a mask all day is actually quite costly. If you, you quite costly, yeah. Yourself. Or injecting yourself with the shots or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, but uh, yeah. So, so you don't have to undergo any any great travails to do this, though. There's no deep soul searching. There's there's no, no impact. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and so wow. So the the, the holding to account bit. I again, I mean, how if let's let's bring this down to an example that I think many people who were who were tuning in are going to have happening in their lives what about in a family situation where someone's been excluded you know they weren't invited to a wedding or they couldn't attend a funeral they weren't they they were excluded at christmas time or thanksgiving (laughs) not that we had that here but yes anyway Um, but there were huge huge family problems with that when people were told if you don't get the shot you can't come um you know the i still have a sister who doesn't like leaving her house she you know is very insistent on everyone being part of you know she refuses to contribute to a global um pandemic i'm like i just wanted to stop by for you know lunch because i'm in town and it just it's really i think we need to say okay it was hurtful when you did that and some people are never going to be ready to hear that because they really are emotionally scarred and so deeply bought into it they may never come out and they may never say they'll they'll look back on it and say, I helped save people because I was willing to do this. And that's probably the path that they will go down next is you weren't willing to do the hard stuff. And I did. So, um, you know, the fact that we are out of the pandemic is not attributable to you. It's attributable to me. Yes, um, that me, me, me wearing a mask and getting my seventh booster and, and all exactly. of this. Yeah. And that's a self-defense mechanism. Um, but if you if you are speaking with your family members, you should be able to say it really hurt me when you excluded me because of this and then have simple data to back it up. Say, look at the Cochrane study. Look mm-hmm. at these studies. Uh, Jay Bhattacharya has some great stuff out there. Um, mm-hmm. So does Peter McCullough. You know, there, there's so much out there now. It's really hard to not find it. But give them a few easy to understand simple pieces. Yeah. And say, this is the stuff that I've known about for more than three years. Yep. The fact that the CDC has just released data saying that people who have gotten the vaccines are more likely to get COVID. No kidding. Right? Again, uh, this is the frustrating thing, right? Because so many of us were were early on. We, we were we were passing around those videos. That showed you should be skeptics. Skeptic. Yeah. yeah. You yep. should be skeptical of rapid fire brand new technology and injecting it into your body that's just common sense is, right. yeah 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 common sense until well about three and a half years ago um and uh yeah i i think i mean many people that that i know have been have been guilty of fire hosing right just so it's sort of bombarding people with you know this article and this study and yeah. this and it's too much and you can't do it you can't deal with it it's overwhelming and that shuts people down really really fast so i love this idea of just just have a few a few kind of set pieces you know here's the cochrane collaboration and here's what the it's not really or- the but he's like the the chief spokesman for that. Actually, or Stephen Petty's podcast, or you know something that's easily digestible, and you always say, "I can get you more if you want to know more." 
Yes, 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 yes. But but don't (laughs) don't bombard them with stuff. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Okay, that's that's an an emotional response from people who have been studying this for years and years and who have been fighting for three years plus to to want to say, "I know all of this," and it is very frustrating when you see the articles coming out and "Hmm, oh gosh, it might not be great for us to be doing this to children, and it's like. I know. So yeah, no kidding. You've got to be able to temper it if you want people to hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, terrific advice. Now, uh, again, choosing something from my topic list that you need to just I, have a checklist that you just go down. We'll just mark them off. So has there been, let's, let's, I think we can probably discuss this fairly briefly. So the, the bills that we discussed in detail, during our first conversation or our first in this series anyway. Has there been any progress to this? I mean, the the bill, so this is the the Let Them Grow bill, the one that specifically, well, actually, do you want to quickly summarise it? And then tell me if there's been any any development, any challenge to this? So LB 574, the Let Them Grow bill, um, was originally designed to ban surgeries, cross-sex hormones, and puberty blockers in children under age 19. 19 is our age of majority in this state. Uh, we wound up uh, getting surgeries banned, and we have directed our chief medical officer to come up with rules and regulations based on evidence from around the world. Um, so he's right now sorting through all the evidence. Uh, I've, I've heard that he's having difficulty finding any evidence because there's not any saying that any kind of medical treatment treats gender dysphoria it doesn't it's a mental illness Uh, so we're trying to put guidelines in to make it very very restrictive we were also able to add a pro-life portion onto that bill and because um because the the groups that fight very hard against life and against keeping children safe uh they sued and the original lawsuit was because we had two, they, they said we have two things in our bill and we have what's known as a single subject bill. Um, mm-hmm. However, the judge ruled that they are both related to public health issues and we have a very broad latitude. And the title of the bill, Let Them Grow, clearly applies to letting children grow and letting born. babies yes. develop. So we won the the first one. They are now the ACLU, which is the American Civil Liberties Union, which to me is is a very far leftist organization. Um, But they are they filed another lawsuit. So it's it's just a process of lawsuits and appeals, lawsuits and appeals. If it gets up to the Supreme Court, great. We'll have that kind of a decision. There are over 20 states in in this country now who have enacted these types of bills. Um, My next bill is sports and spaces, which says biological males do not compete against females and boys and girls do not share each other's locker rooms and bathrooms K through 12. Again, something that we kind of all knew was was the thing to do for for, for both males and females until yesterday. (laughs) Do you know, I recently found out, sorry, this is, uh, it's on topic, but um, um, my my kids are now 18 and 22, so we don't have to navigate the high school uh, system or the school system at all anymore. I recently found out from a local tradesman in the area that the there's a very large because we're in a rural area, and so there's a the, the nearest kind of large-ish town is has a by Australian standards a very large high school. I think it's um 
about 1600 students because it, it draws kids from from um, mm-hmm. this entire rural area anyway um it's the one high school in this again you know very conservative rural area that has uh basically unisex bathrooms i was really really shocked and this is this is not going down well with the local community. No. The, the guy that that yeah, the, the guy that we learned this from is actually uh, pulling his kid out of this school. So yeah, it's because from from my perspective here in Australia, you know, there's, there's a saying you've probably heard it only in America, right? And so yes. what we hear is something that's just absolutely bonkers. We can't roll our eyes and go, oh, only in America, right? Um, but it's here. It's already here in a little town of like twenty five thousand people, and it's been been being infiltrated slowly and across yeah. institutions. And when it's when it's dripped out bit by bit by bit, people think, "Oh, well, that's not such a big deal." And so the weaponized compassion we talked yeah. about that before. We when do. people's compassion is weaponized against them to make them feel bad for not going along with something that is clearly bonkers. It's like, how, why would you hurt that that poor kid's feelings? Well, what about all the other kids whose feelings are going to be hurt or affected in some way? And in any case, do you really think that 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 kid whose feelings are being hurt? Do you really think that you know affirming them as as being that which they are not is helpful to them? Of of course, it is, you, you, you don't it affirm, is you don't affirm the delusion of someone who is who is you know who thinks that aliens just landed from space and conveyed a really important message to them. I mean, you you don't. That's that's a person who needs help. They need compassion. They need someone to listen to them. Something's going on in their life, and it's not caring to lie. It is not caring to lie to people, especially kids, and say, "I know you feel desperately unhappy in yeah. what." Which, first of all, puberty. Who didn't feel desperately unhappy? Kids with gender dysphoria, it's much more intense and they do need psychological help. But yes. they need psychological help because it's a psychological problem. Yes. Um, yes. And the, the, the wrong that body. Story, yeah. Yeah. That's not a thing. Mm. No. So sorry, I distracted off track. Okay, so we we uh the 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 first bill, which was um uh, sorry, Let can I just know. ask while while this while the complete lack of evidence is being reviewed, is there a moratorium on the prescription of these substances? So starting October 1st, okay. um, the rules and regulations have to be in. We put it, we had to get it uh, so that people who've already started them are grandfathered in, which I didn't like. I don't like any adjustments to it. Here's what I've learned is I should have made the bill absolutely crazy rather than what I thought was reasonable and rational. Because then you could ratchet it back to sanity. Exactly. (laughs) There are some states who started off with wanting to criminalize the parents and put them in jail for 10 years and criminalize, you know, the doctors and put that, you know, like very, very extreme, but they were able to back things down. So note to myself is, and I said that actually in a press conference and people like, Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> well, watch out next time. Exactly. <laughs> oh exactly. my goodness. All right, all. That's yeah. year one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Watch me now. Okay, so so the second bill, which which is on the, the sports uh, and keeping boys and girls girls sports yes. separate and their locker rooms and, and change rooms separate. Yeah. So that's that will be started. So we'll start that in January. That's my priority bill. So every year we get one priority bill. 
um, that one will be mine again. And so my, let them grow was my priority this last time. And the reason I chose let them grow, sports and spaces had much more support. You know, I, I had enough votes to just do it, but the let them grow was more important because of physically harming children. Irreversible experimental drugs and surgeries were being done. And that's also, you know, the ability to give someone puberty blockers feeds into the sports and spaces because what people are saying is, well, of course, this boy should be able to compete on this girl's team. They've been on puberty blockers or cross-sex hormones since they were, and the ages were getting younger and younger and younger so that they could play sports. So we needed to, to stop the, the damaging of the bodies first. Yep. Yes, and then understand. All so that's this. that's that's where you threw your your right. efforts and priority. Right. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Uh, back to the ACLU. Now, um, I I know a little bit about the history of this organization, and it seems that in the past they were they, they were truly a free speech organize, organization. I mean, I, one one of their most famous acts was was kind of backing um, a a neo Nazi party's right to parade through a town. Um, mm-hmm. Skokie, Illinois, if I remember rightly. Yes, Skokie. Which, which had, sorry, um, you correct my pronunciation, which had a high proportion of, of uh, Jewish people, including Holocaust survivors. So parading through the town, you know, singing Nazi slogans and and, and like really, really. As uh, it's a, uh, free speech. Yeah, the like same- the vast majority of people would say that's really reprehensible. Right. The ACLU right. said, you know what, it's free speech. We're back. Exactly. They've also, um, you know, burning an American flag is allowed because it's a, an issue of free speech. However, right. okay. yep. they will come after you if you burn a gay pride flag. A pride flag, yeah, okay. So, okay. Or a Black Lives Matter flag. Yep. So those things all of a sudden are sacrosanct. You can't touch those, which that's not acceptable. If you have a rule for one, it must be for all. Um, so the ACLU is yeah. very, very woke. They're very big into the equity do you, um, which, do you know what? Do you know what has happened? What has happened to ACLU? I'm, I'm presuming it's 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 where the 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 donor funding is flowing from. Yeah. But do you have insight into that? I don't really. I just know that they are they're. Um, I don't like it when they get used as leverage. So I've I've had um, our school board association lobbyists told me, well, you know, the school boards don't really want to try to implement this on their own, and we're not backing it because. The ACLU has let us know that they are actively seeking a plaintiff. They're looking for a kid who identifies as trans to sue a school court. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, I have an attorney firm who's ready to take on any case of any kid who doesn't like the fact that they are competing against the opposite gender and yeah. who doesn't want the opposite gender in their locker rooms and bathrooms. And he was like, oh, but we've got to nullify this threat of a lawsuit, threatening a lawsuit should not be how you uh, have change extorted. And that's what's happening. So if it truly, I mean, I am I am all for going through the judicial system if they truly believe they have a case, mm. but they don't. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that's, that's really, that's re- really quite disturbing about the ACOU. I noticed also that they were, they, they just completely, I was going to say something rude. Um, they were not there for people who were being discriminated against when it came to, for example, compulsory, you know, experimental injections to keep your yeah, job or state. Absolutely not. They they were full in on the mask and on the mandates, and they 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 vanished as far as standing up. 
So their their willingness to stand up is appears to be directed at things that their donors think are important. And it's it's not a lot of the things that I think are important. So, so once again, it's follow the money. Where are the where are those donations coming from? And and which I suppose that's a neat little segue. Uh, so I, I sent you an article. I'm not sure if you had time to read it, but it's called "Who Are the Rich White Men Institutionalizing Transgender Ideology?" Did you oh, read it yet? No. Ah, righto. Okay, that's that's fine. It is absolutely fascinating. And let me just um, um, I'm just going to pull it up. In fact, oh, why did I get fancy and share my screen? Okay, Ooh, um, there we go. Yeah. Oh getting technical here okay so here we go um it is it is really really super interesting so this the the author who is is jennifer um Bilek, i hope i'm not yeah. mispronouncing her name i've seen a couple of interviews with her she is one of the good job yeah so this is this is all about you know where the money is flowing from and it's it's really interesting so long story short uh she was uh as she says here an environmental activist who was deplatformed from a speaking venue by trans activists so she started digging into you know where is where is the money coming from and so who is finding the the transgender movement exceedingly rich white men with enormous cultural influence are funding the transgender lobby and various transgender organizations so the Pritzker family are, are major players in this um George Soros you actually mentioned in our, our first talk Martin Rothblatt um have you have you heard of this character at all uh I've heard I've heard I haven't now Jennifer Pritzker I've seen uh Jennifer Pritzker is the son of the Illinois governor. Yes, yes. There's a whole section in this on on the Pritzker family who were there. They made their money in the it's Hyatt, isn't it? The the Hyatt yeah. hotel chain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there we go. Hyatt hotels. Um. Oh, and nursing homes. <laughs> I've forgotten that bit. Yes. Yeah, so so Jennifer Pritzker, who was formerly um a a man in the military and is now. Jennifer is still a man. Jennifer just likes to look different. Yeah, yeah, okay. You you don't change your sex. uh, Absolutely, fundamentally correct. Uh, Let me just underline that. You know, you you are born absent rare chromosomal disorders. You know, you are either born with two X chromosomes or XY. Every cell in your body actually does have these these sex chromosomes. They don't just determine your gametes. Yes, you you don't get to change from a boy to a girl or the other way around. Uh, You can dress as one. You could even have your genitals rearranged and you can have the hormones that the opposite sex has doesn't make you the opposite sex. So, yes, um uh let's see this this um so this martin rothblatt character who like jennifer pritzker is actually a man and uh so the transhumanist part is is the part that's it that's it this is so this um born as martin rothblatt and then uh, somewhere in middle age had the you know the surgery to rearrange his genitals so that he can present as a as a female while not actually being one but he wrote this book called uh from from trans from transgender to transhuman a manifesto and it's a real disturbing read and essentially i i guess martin Martin discovered after having this incredibly invasive intrusive surgery that it didn't solve his problems and he was still kind of you know not real happy with who he was and so he figured the next step is is transhumanism <laughs> because it worked so well the first time absolutely yes yes um 
Uh, unbelievable. So there, there is a lot of this transhumanist element in in the transgender movement, and it really is look just total denial of nature. So we we don't just get to deny that we're either male or female. We get to deny that we're even biological creatures because we can we can have various add-ons. Um, and this is this is where I find the Elon Musk connection really disturbing because you know he is he is very much in favor of transhumanism and the um, uh, which is interesting considering he has a son who is now trans and he's very disturbed by the fact that he feels he lost his child to yeah. this movement. But yeah. yet. He is continuing I mean, his his neural link, the implants neural that link. he's developing. Yes. Again, all of those things may have they may have great applications, but the flip side is there will be dark ways that they are used. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, uh, yeah, one of the very interesting things that I I that, that caught my eye is how the funding is actually channeled through anonymous funding organizations such as Tides Foundation. And I was doing a, a little check into various funding organizations a while ago and I, I came across this Tides Foundation. That's a that's a most interesting organization. Are, are you do you know much about about the I Tides heard, I haven't heard anything about yeah. that one. It's a it's essentially a pass-through. I mean basically <laughs> any any kind of um woke organization that that wants to get funding but where the donors don't necessarily want to be uh identified with with funding these you know in my opinion whack job ideologies they can channel it through the tides foundation so the tides foundation acts as kind of like an anonymous pass-through so um as oh, in it's, legal it's essentially money lottery yeah, legal firewall and tax shelter for foundations and funds political campaigns often using legally dubious tactics. So, yeah, this is a really, really in interesting article. I will put in the show notes for our discussion. And I would definitely say, you know, if you want to learn more and about the federal. Yeah. Uh, yes, it, it, it's been cross-posted on a number of different platforms, but I'll put a link to it in our show Thank notes. Um, so there's a link to you. There's a group called Gays Against Groomers because, as you saw from that article, the LBG now has to include the T. So they they got kind of hooked on the money yep. and supporting their organizations. And now all of a sudden there's this push to say, well, this T is more important and we're giving more money. And as long as you do what we say and make the T your priority and support that, then you'll keep getting the money. So there's a, a group, Gays Against Groomers, who are saying, wait a second, this is not acceptable. This group has actually teamed up with Moms for Liberty which is a very, very powerful group of parents across the country. They have chapters everywhere, uh, sprang up in the last two years because of, of the COVID crisis. And they're saying, look, you're, you're pushing these things. And for, for these two groups, which are radically different groups, to come together for common cause to say our kids are being targeted. Yeah. I, I think people should pay attention to that because when you see strange bedfellows, this strange is- Strange bedfellows indeed. Yeah. There is a reason. Uh, that that actually reminds me of a of a group that was founded in the UK called the uh, the LGB Alliance, and that was founded by mm -hmm. by a couple of lesbian women who were really bothered by the fact that that men who yeah. wanted to present as women were, were trying to get access into in, in into women only spaces, including lesbian dating apps. So you know if you're if and you're being shamed because if you don't accept that you are that this man is a woman, then you are. Uh, homophobic transphobic yes. you're every phobic please people someone calls you phobic it's their problem not yours yes 
Indeed, indeed, it is a it is a ridiculous slur that that just it's basically it's basically a red flag telling you this person has some very very poorly thought through ideas and they've lost the argument and so now they're calling names. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, let's see. So in in terms of the the legislation, your uh, there, there are lawsuits against it. Um, and so what what strikes me is that the what well, where are the i mean you know first rule of journalism is follow the money okay so obviously if someone files a lawsuit there has to be money behind that so i'm assuming that that these you know these same organizations the likes of soros and and of course the buffets who are, and we're, we're in omaha this is the yeah. home of warren buffett and his home of warren buffett yeah, yes. yeah. So, so you're up against this enormous amount of money, and then you have to defend it with mm-hmm. money from the public purse. So this right. is actually which, coming which up. that's the leverage that people are saying. You know, the the liberal senators on the floor are saying, "We're gonna ha- why why are you gonna force taxpayer dollars to spend it?" And you know, this is the the guilt trip and the the shaming and that you are not you know a financially conservative person because you would rather spend money like. Our children are worth the fight. That is the only answer anyone needs to hear. Our children are worth the fight. There is no dollar amount that equals our children being mutilated and and having these drugs. Now, and I will tell you, Planned Parenthood is a huge support of this movement. Do you know why? Mm. They're now selling and prescribing the puberty blockers and the cross-sex hormones. You yeah. can walk and use a model called informed consent, which basically means they give you a list of all this stuff that could go wrong, have you check it off, and you walk out with a prescription if your parent is with you. Mm. There's no counseling. There's there's no nothing. No medical assessment. No, no, no medical do. assessment whatsoever yeah. other mm. than a child coming in and saying, this is how I feel. And a parent will come in and say, I agree. And you only need one parent. So what's happening is in divorce situations, you have one parent leveraging. You've seen in California, you can get your child taken away from you if you do not fully affirm whatever that that child believes. So, you know, as you take that further, have you heard about transabilism? You know what that is? Oh, God. All right. Horrific. Hit me. People who who believe that they were meant to be disabled in some way. Oh, yes, I have heard of this. This is blinded. Yes. And they're finding doctors who will do Take off my limb. Take off my perfectly functioning arm because I believe that I should have been born without one. Sever my spinal cord so I cannot walk so I will always be in a wheelchair. And there there are doctors willing to do this. Yes, there are. Yeah, to harm it. They're doing it under the guise of it's human rights because this is how they feel they're truly meant to be. Now, you look at it, uh, anorexic. <laughs> I'm sorry, but any doctor who who says to an anorexic, you're right, let's put you on diet pills and do some liposuction. They should be arrested yes. because you're causing harm. So do you know Dr. Stanley Goldfarb? The name is familiar. Phenomenal organization, do no harm. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Doctors who are coming together and saying, this is crazy. And for one thing, doctors have been penalized significantly by their organizations if they don't go along with this. So he is working and he is building together coalitions of doctors to say, this is not right. It is not acceptable. Um, You'll notice independent doctors have much more ability, just like with COVID, to stand up against this medical mafia that's going on. 
Because all all of this, when you think about it, all of this is moving toward the the top down control. Now, yeah, because I've had an interest in the childhood vaccines and the uh, the issues around safety and efficacy of those for many many years, I've seen like when you were talking before about how the uh, the the issue of whether you know, of a supposedly or like a trans identifying child being used as a wedge issue in divorce cases, we've seen the same thing happen with with vaccination, and it's very commonly used as a wedge issue where one parent, historically it, it's been the mother, and interestingly there was kind of a flip with that where where uh, where the mother was the one who was kind of in, in many of these cases wanting the child to actually have the COVID shot. Historically, it's been the mother saying, I don't want my children vaccinated. And then it was the father saying, oh, I do. And there were many, many uh, custody battles where the father was was given either full custody of the children or he was given uh, medical decision-making rights over the mother because of this dispute. Now, it didn't always line up in that way, but, but anyway, basically the parent who said, I think my, our children should be fully vaccinated according to the to the state sponsored schedule. Always won the legal argument, no matter what, no matter what kind of, of um, medical studies, no matter how many expert witnesses were, were were called to testify on behalf of the parent who did not want the vaccination. No, it was always the the the, the parent who wanted the children to be fully vaccinated who won the the legal argument and, you know, the custody battle and whatever else. So it's it's exactly that same issue. We're now seeing that same um, uh, play used in in this trans space. And you have the medicalization. And first of all, these will be lifetime medical patients, which is why doctors are okay doing it. In this country, um, a month of puberty blockers is $7,000. So they very much want insurances to pay for this. They very much want parents to say, yep, we'll pony up for it. It is paying out big dividends mm. to the people who are prescribing it. But when you talk about how, how things flip, I think it has to do with the level of information because before with the vaccines, a mom might you know be doing the research and, and finding things out and say, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing some discrepancies. And the father was probably a little bit less informed. Yep. You flip that. And now all of a sudden the propaganda is driven to creating that fear model. So the mom who does the research is only digesting the fear model of COVID and that you're a bad parent. If you don't do this, you will kill others, kids, if you don't do this with your kid. And so, so I can see why that flipped because they're the ones digesting all of that information. And it was such pure propaganda directed at making people afraid. So this is a whole other other thread to pull, isn't it? Um, in that, so in in the in the past, a mother who got curious about childhood vaccines could go on the internet and she could find all sorts of websites and papers and whatever that could you can find it now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's been hidden. So who hid it? And at whose behest? And with the with the the Biden v Missouri case that that's yeah yeah so so we now see that the government is is kind of reaching its big hand <laughs> and, that, into that is, and that is one of those articles that's one of those issues that you should keep in your back pocket and when somebody says well the government would never do that pull it out and say look and you know it applies to America but I'm pretty sure it applied everywhere um, oh. that the government was pushing. You look at Jacinda Ahern in New Zealand, 
She was horrific. We will, we will be your single source of truth. Right? I mean, are you kidding? That's, that's, that <laughs> is absolutely. Right mind hears that and goes, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> right. And, and, and that's that was the, the fear had gotten so much to the level. And there, there are people who have not had to deal with stress, trauma, you know, fear, and, and very much technical and medical. So it's over people's heads enough that they were like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to have somebody else handle that issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that's, that's tough. Huge. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. There's so many different directions I want to go in. Um, let me come back to the insurance thing. So you mentioned this insane cost of, of puberty blockers, seven grand for, for just one month. One month. And yeah. one, one thing that we spoke about it briefly during our, our previous conversation, and then a couple of um, uh, one one reader in particular uh, asked about that whole insurance angle to it. And so I wondered if you had a chance to to delve into this. Like, why are insurers prepared to fund this? Given because the- in some states, they've been told that they have to fund these things. So it goes state by state. And there are, so there are some states who are now saying, okay, if you are going to choose to fund, and remember, they are, they're making money off of charging higher premiums. They spread that cost out to everyone. This is not just a, um, you know, just the person who's getting it pays it. It's if you have to do this, well, then they raise the cost of those premiums for everyone. Everybody. So they're making money. Insurance companies are in business to make money. They are not in business to help people. Um, so, you know, but each state gets to set it up the way they want. Some states, Medicaid, which is the, the medical insurance for the very poor, um, covers it. Mm. State of Nebraska does not. Mm. Uh, there are some states who have now included with their bills have said, if an insurer in this state covers gender transitions, they also have to cover detransitions because they don't cover detransition. And there's a very, very low level of people who understand how to help someone detransition. Because this has never been done in human history. So, so, you know, you're, you're messing kids up in the first place, something that's never been done in human history. And now you have to figure out how to try to unmess them. All I can say is good luck. And and again, I've talked with kids who, who believe a young man who believe that he should be a woman and, and, his comment to me was so sad. He's like, if I don't like it when it's, you know, when all the surgeries are done, I'll just go back. And I literally had to say, if you cut it off, you cannot put it back. And he was like, Ugh. and his mom was like, Ugh. but they're not hearing that kind of actual real speak about it. They're saying it's top surgery. It's bottom surgery. It's glorified all over the internet. The TikTok is, you know, they, they've got so many things coming in at them. The overwhelming message is this will make you feel better. This will fix you. It gives them hope. That hope is a placebo effect. So while they're, you know, starting out while they're socially affirming, everybody's loving on them and everything is wonderful. So of course it feels good. It's, there's also, there is an initial surge of euphoria, as I understand it, from, from the gonadotropin um, um, agent, oh, sure. the likes of Lupron, where, where, you know, for a short period of time, the levels of the of, of sex hormones are actually elevated, and and so you know they do feel quite euphoric. And then, of course, the the brain, the body adjusts to these these high levels of hormones and drops production. And and so they they do go through this this period of of, of the high, 
and then and then you know there there are no studies in the past we've understood that anything that gives you an initial high is likely to harm you and and this and this is why we protect children but there's from, an up there's a down that's that's life. yeah yeah it's like law of nature you know Newton's right? law of physics um and so this is why this is why we we've historically kept children away from mind-altering substances we said no you can't drink alcohol no you you can't smoke marijuana no you can't inject heroin right because right. what goes up must come down and yet again you know people people who should know better it's hard for me to believe that they don't know better have suddenly suspended all of those rules and said well if it makes you feel better initially it must be good in the long term when has that ever ever happened and you know the thing is though that's that's kind of been part of this this progression you've seen you know the helicopter parenting that don't ever let your children have anything bad happen to them the the reward the the you know the trophy for not doing anything your team lost but everybody gets a trophy because because parents went too far and said i don't ever want my self-esteem movement which which have absolutely no idea in fact a completely backwards idea about how self-esteem is is built self-esteem it's not given to you it's earned yeah, self-esteem is built by performing esteemable right. acts. It's that simple. <laughs> it's not a matter of, it's well, if your parents struggle, it, yeah. You cannot take the struggles away from a child and expect them to be able to survive. So we have we have stolen our children's resiliency. We have stolen their, their understanding that when you fall down, you pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and you start all over again. That's just the way it works. But we've we've interrupted that. And now we're saying, oh, no, you feel a little awkward in your body. Maybe you're feeling a little unhappy. Let's immediately put you on medications. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. The way that you feel is very rarely, if ever, a reliable guide to action. (laughs) Because the way that you feel is going to shift from this moment to the next moment and from today to the following day. And the way the way that you feel is going to be affected by all sorts of actions that you take. And a lot of bad ideas happen when you're feeling bad. Oh yes. Oh yes. (laughs) And lots of very, very, very bad solutions come to mind. (laughs) Thank goodness. Thank goodness when we were kids. We had parents who said, knock that off. Yeah, it's exactly. going to be fine. Suck it up, cupcake. Yeah, you yeah, are going to let I me tell you how bad it was when I was a kid. And, oh, but again, exactly. I often yeah. joke to people, um, but, but, but you know, it, it, it's a, well, I don't know, it, it's a joke with a, with a serious groundwork. But my mother, my mother thought that she had fulfilled her role as a parent if she could take us out in public and we wouldn't embarrass her and that's kind of like a horrifying thought to today's parents oh you know you're you you should be really fixated on the way that your child is feeling at any given moment yeah i i can i can look back to when i was a kid and i had a lot of feelings and my mother was was sort of you know reasonably remember the look and i i will guarantee you that your mother's look would have been the same as my mother's look. <laughs> in church, you step out of line in church and you get this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and the and the proper role of a father um, yes. was was to, you know, when you were giving your mum a bit of lip, was to kind of pull his newspaper down and look over it and say, Don't you talk to your mother like that? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you're exactly right. So, and that's the other thing that's happened is we 
demonized men in this in this country and I think around the world. This nonsense about toxic masculinity, this this making men in TV shows, you know, the fop, the the yeah, sad, the, sad, the, the, the idiot, oh. yeah, the loser, the one who who could barely get out of bed in the morning if his right. if sort of high powered wife wasn't. Right you know, organizing the kids and going off to be a neurosurgeon and, and right. you know, learning to fly small airplanes in her spare time. Yeah, the, exactly, exactly. I um, I listened to a really, really interesting interview with a woman called, hang on, I've actually um, opened her substack so that I can have a, I can dig into this later on. Her name is Rachel Wilson. And she's got a subject just called Rachel's Newsletter. And um, so her, she's written a book that is called, sorry, one moment, let me just pull it up. Um, it's called the... Here it is the the occult origins of feminism. Now this is this is really as I say I've only listened to this one interview with her, so I need to dig into it further. But long story short, I mean I've known for for quite some time that the the suffragette movements and the the women's rights movements were very much backed by the usual suspects, you know, the Rockefeller Foundation and the Carnegie Foundation. And, of course, um, it's it's reasonably well known now that, that Gloria Steinem was actually a CIA asset. And so but, but the, the more you pull on this thread, the more interesting it gets. And so, yeah, I suppose you know, I'm, I'm not I'm going to have to read her article. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. So I'm not of that. I'm not of that school of kind of trad trad uh, feminine um, anti-feminist now who said, look, women should be back in the kitchen, barefooted and pregnant. You've pursued a career, you know, you're a, a state representative. I pursued a career. I'm really happy with with what I've done. But but look, I I do take the point that women now. Uh, yeah. by by any measures which which can be made are more miserable than they've been at any previous time in history and again I mean were, were there surveys about women's psychological well-being in the 19th century well no I don't think there were psychological surveys of anyone it was well. just Sigmund Freud and he was nuts so it was, he was a bit kooky wasn't he more yeah. than a bit um but um it it, it for uh, for all of the uh, improvements that there've been in in women's lot in life. Why is it that women are still so gosh darn miserable? You know, well, and now men are miserable too. I was just reading an article. Yeah. I was discussing this with one of my sons, my twenty two year old, about how men are dropping out of the dating pool because it's gotten so extreme. Um, women's standards are very much different. So yes, marriage has dropped to the lowest level ever in this country. Um, it's and nobody's happy. And I, I think the, the point, yeah, we definitely should be voting. We definitely should be able to do, but the, the should have the choice to do what you want with your life and to use yes. your skills and to find someone who, who matches and meshes with that choice yes. is yes. really, really important. Um, this for a long time, it's been that if you don't go to work and do things. And I stayed home with my kids while I did consulting on the side because I I was a little selfish. I didn't want anyone to get my baby's hugs and kisses and smiles. Those were mine. So I I developed. I I know you were using that word with some degree of irony, but like where have we got to where it's considered odd for a woman to say, I want to raise my children. Actually, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm fine with them spending time with their grandparents. That's great. But I yeah. don't want their grandparents to be raising them. I certainly right. sure as hell don't want a total stranger right. to be raising or, my child in a child care center. A child care center that is 
funded by the government and that you don't know who it there's a whole lot with that entire train of thought that just makes me go ooh. And here, here, here we go back because every every spoke in this wheel leads back toward a hub, and that hub is the state gets more and more and more yeah. control. So the state intervenes when parents can't agree on whether a child should be vaccinated or not, whether a child should should be put through medical procedures or not. The state intervenes. The state intervenes when um, uh, the state intervenes when a woman gets pregnant. And the father of the child is not present. He's racked off. She's not sure, you know, who he is. Maybe he's in prison. Who the hell knows? The state intervenes and becomes the surrogate father for for that child through through welfare. The state intervenes to raise the child in a childcare center, you know, in a school. And every single one of those decisions was pushed forth and supported by the notion that it is the kind thing to do. It is the weaponized compassion again. You should want these kids to be able to go to daycare so the mom can work or the mom and dad can work because we're now a two-income family. Mm. Um, So you should. How how could you not want to support these working parents? And it's, again, it's, it's how it's presented as this is the kindest option. This is the best option. It's the most wholesome option. And that in particular is, yeah, that's a great way of selling it to women. Right, because right. that's kind of women's weak spot. Oh, do you know how it's being sold to men? Hmm. Is you'll get more women working oh, in our yeah. yeah. So we we now have businesses that are saying, "Of course, we'll pay for an abortion for you. Of course, we will help you get to a state where it's legal at whatever stage you're at. We'll pay for your trip to go there if your state doesn't, you know, allow them when you actually choose to kill your baby." But you know why? Because it costs so much more money to have a pregnant employee who will then take time off of work and may or may not come back. Yes. And in the meantime, you've got to you know, bring someone else in and train them. And then that person is not certain whether their position is just to cover maternity leave or whether it be permanent. Yeah. 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 So it's, 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 it's always the the usual suspects, isn't it? Yeah. And and in particular, I mean, um, what this what this particular uh, woman, this Rachel Wilson, pointed out, I had heard this before, is that the um, there was a so the Federal Reserve Act and the Income Tax Act were introduced in the same year, nineteen thirteen, and mm-hmm. then uh, and then the suffragette movements were were very heavily pushed because, of course, now you've got an income tax act. Right. That, but women are staying at home raising their babies, so you've lost half of your your taxable, you know, potential workforce. Yeah, so that's worse. Yeah, and the I mean the wars fed into if you send the men away to fight, who is in the factories? It's the women, so and then when there's... the men, yeah, the men come back from war, war, and the women say, "Oh, we we still want these jobs, like we right. had some dependents." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh. I mean, there's a lot of overlapping factors, and. You know, it's one of those things you go really deep down the, it just, you, we need to look at how things are right now and say, is it truly the best thing for us and for our kids? Yes. Or is it something that someone else is pushing me to want? And so we've got to learn how to trust our gut. You and I did during COVID. We're like, ah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this, this smells funny. Yeah. And right? that, that, that was my initial reaction. Like from the get go, yeah. 
I was like, this smells funny. You know, hey. something about this isn't right. And right. I wasn't sure exactly. I mean, I had, a, again, it's follow the money, right? So I had a sense that, that that there was some financial interest at stake here. It took me quite a while of, of, of pulling threads to sort of figure out, well, who, who does benefit? You know, qui bono, who benefits? And I still, I still can't um say that that I know who the they is you know the they them those but it, it it's it, it's it's clearly the moneyed interests right and you can see the public actors you know the president of of Pfizer who you know Borla who is now a 30 billion dollar person I mean all of the billionaires who all of a sudden popped up who are in the pharmaceutical industry because of this and and this revolving door between the pharmaceutical companies and our fda and cdc and our our agencies oh in your face isn't it scott gottlieb he's at fda he's at pfizer where are you now yeah 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 Yeah. so So, you know that and that's why people have to be able to decide for themselves and they have to listen to that voice that says if you hear yourself questioning something that's being pushed dig deeper look at places don't just google it look at different places yeah you know look through sub stacks and find look through everywhere you can find to get opposing viewpoints i think one one of the one of the biggest gifts for for me of the whole you know scamdemic era and you know this is off the back of me already considering myself a you know a, a pretty um uh skeptical alternative leaning person i mean you know like i um I, j- just to give you an example, okay, I had home births with with both my children. They were exclusively breastfed until they they self weaned. Neither of my kids were vaccinated. Um, um, my kids ne- ne- never even had a like a, a kitty. Well, we call it Panadol. I think you call it acetaminophen. Like my, my kids were just raised completely drug free. So I, I already consider myself like pretty, you know, not not a conventional person. One of the gifts of, of the scandemic has been there are all sorts of things that I formerly took for granted that I now look at and say, do I really, you know, is my position on this really well founded, you know, or do I do I need to look at different points of view on this the and- assumption. Again, you know, I I was fully on board with with feminism, and mm-hmm. when I looked at the lives of my mother and my grandmother, I thought, well, I've got a much bit better deal. And in some ways, I do. I'm also extraordinarily fortunate that my my husband is one of these guys who like, you know, he he likes women who think for themselves and have careers, but he was also really paternal right and really supportive of, of of me taking the the lead you know as mothers have to with with very young children because like we are biologically equipped <laughs> to carry young children that's a fact um so I really- that's the other thing have you seen that nonsense chest feeding the nonsense chest feeding this is this is like a whole other thread and i know i have to let you I just said that's a that's a squirrel. I just got distracted this is, by that. This is no this 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 is a thread that that we that we need to pull on because it is so crazy. And um in, in Australia, so when when I was still pregnant, I joined the Australian Breastfeeding Association, which is this this marvelous organization that supports women to you know to nurture their babies and provides breastfeeding advice to women. And they're they're just they're just the most wonderful organization. 
until they went crazy and they actually threw out one of their volunteer counselors uh, so so they're, they're like women who've who've benefited from the ABA and they want to give back and so they volunteer their services and they're they're like available in at two in the morning if a woman's having trouble with feeding and, and she's out of her mind um she can ring up a, an ABA counselor and get some advice they're, they're wonderful wonderful women but this woman said um that you know men cannot breastfeed and for that, the organization basically slapped her down and threw her out. Like that's terrible. Are you people out of your minds? And I was I was really I was really upset that this fantastic organization that has been supporting women, women, you know, adult human females, women, okay? They've been supporting women for all these years and then they went crazy. So yeah, it's and that that's how it feels when you I mean when you are betrayed by groups that say they are women supporting if anybody can be a woman then nobody is a woman exactly exactly and that's so back to the weaponized compassion thing it is not compassionate to to anyone it is not compassionate to a to a male who is struggling with his sense of who he is in this world which as you quite rightly pointed out the the sense of who men are in the world has been systematically attacked and undermined by the usual suspects um for you know over a generation now for really two or three generations and so men don't know who they are in the world it's not kind to such a male who has lost his way to say here's the solution you could be a woman instead not kind it is not kind to to women to um uh to, to kind of force them to accept men in their in their spaces competing in their sports you know changing in their locker rooms working for god's sake this is an example from from the um from the uk Working in rape crisis centers, right? Or Men going to domestic to violence shelters. Yep. Yeah. Yep. None of this no. is common. It is, yeah, it is, it is crazy. So um, okay, my, my last thing before I before I let you go. I um uh okay, I found this quote. It's it's just so brilliant. I wanted to run it by you, um, by by Theodore Dalrymple. Political correctness is communist propaganda writ small. In my study of communist societies, I came to the conclusion that the purpose of communist propaganda was not to persuade or convince, nor to inform, but to humiliate. And therefore, the less it corresponded to reality, the better. When people are forced to remain silent, when they are being told the most obvious lies, or even worse, when they are forced to when they are forced to repeat the lies themselves, they lose once and for all their sense of probity. To assent to obvious lies is to cooperate with evil and in some small way to become evil oneself. One standing to resist anything is thus eroded and even destroyed. A society of emasculated liars is easy to control. I think if you examine political correctness, it has the same effect and is intended to. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I agree 100%. And that's just it. And that's, that's why, you know, I, while I have empathy, and sympathy for people um, who are dealing with gender dysphoria. I'm not whatever that thing man, is. Right. I'm not going to call a man a woman because it makes him feel better, because it makes me feel bad. And my first priority is to make sure that I am I am okay. It's not to take care of other people. It's to make sure I'm okay. It's it's the airplane mo model. I was gonna you say it's the oxygen advice. <laughs> yep. Um, and that that is extremely good advice. So, you know, that's that's one of so I'm running, I have to run for election again next year. 
uh, because I, I'm just, my election last year was just for the two years remainder of, of the term of the Senator who unexpectedly passed away. Um, and so as I run next year there, it's possible that there is a man who is going to be moving back from Los Angeles to the Millard area where he grew up. He now believes he's a woman. And he came to every one of my my hearings and all of the debates leading protests. And, and he's moving back to Millard to save Millard from me. Like, I, you know, I welcome the competition. Absolutely. But I will never address him. His name is Jesse. Fine. I'll call you by your name, but I'm not going to address you as a woman. You're a man. Yes. And that's and and I will have to make the and it, it's it's going to be, you know, the media will slaughter me about that. Because how dare you not affirm and support? No, he is but a your, man. Yeah, your 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 duty to yourself to uh to your to truth. My duty to yeah. truth. Yeah, is, is to speak the truth. This man yeah. is a man, and he can dress in women's clothing, and he can take opposite sex hormones, and he can re have his. Doesn't gender. matter what you cut off, inject, or insert. Yes. you're still a man. Yeah. Yeah, and if we if we allow if we allow this this um this force this destructive force to steal truth from us, then right. we're gone. So, look, more power to you. Is there any way that listeners can support you? Um, do you? Yeah, I will. Well, for I want to say one thing first before. So, our governor. So, do you know who Riley Gaines is? Yes, I do. An amazing, brave, tough woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you ever want to do an interview with her, let me know, because she came to Nebraska and did a huge event. We had more than 1,200 people there. I introduced Dr. Greg Brown, who is a um, physiologist here. and He's a professor at one of our universities. He's He's been the expert testifier in lots of these cases, saying that, yeah, boys are different than girls. I mean, it's not rocket science. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we all knew this until a short time ago, yeah. <laughs> so, well, she she challenged our governor who was there. He was also at the event, and he, was, uh, he spoke a little bit to the governor of Oklahoma, which is a state to our south and our west, um, instituted a Women's Bill of Rights. So Riley works for a group called Independent Women's Forum. And they've come up with a women's bill of rights. And so the governor of Oklahoma did an executive order. Our governor, Jim Pillen, did an executive order two days after Riley was here, uh, basically saying the huge blanket ex uh, women's bill of rights. They can't go to domestic violence shelters if they're not a woman. They, I mean, like protecting. And so I sent it there for you for, to look at it. So That's once my once my sports and spaces bill goes into effect, it will supersede this executive order because executive orders are only good for as long as that governor is there. Then they can be, yes, they can be revoked by the next person. Right. All right. That's so we about it, yeah, yeah, we need to make it law. But I'm so pleased to have a governor who's who's willing to stand up for this sort of nonsense and, and push back against this. Yeah. Um, but it, it was it was fascinating having Riley here and talking and getting this push. So I would, you know, I would so as, love to talk to her because you know, as, as yeah. we, we are having this insanity pushed in mm -hmm. Australia, and there are certain areas where it's being pushed more heavily. But uh, this is uh, this is like a cancer; it's just metastasizing everywhere. And, well, and it's, it's the cool thing; it's the thing that again, with the propaganda and the media, it's. And the media is feeding it. And the media is sponsored by Pfizer and all of the, I mean, like all of the. <laughs> yeah, we've, <laughs> we've, we've seen those compilations brought to you by Pfizer. Yeah. 
So, so um, you know, that's, it, we just have to keep pushing back and we have to have people not afraid to stand up and say, yeah, this is wrong and be okay with people being angry at them. I mean, the abuse I took last year was pretty intense. Yeah. What do I care? I mean, my husband loves me. My parents love me. My kids love me. That's really all I need. Yes. And you, you will, you know, when you're lying there on your deathbed, hopefully many, many years hence, you can oh. have the satisfaction of knowing I spoke up for truth. I spoke up for children. Um, the people who attacked me, well, it's not, it's not for you to try to figure out, you know, where they're coming from and what their motives are. Like they, they have that, they have that uh, examination of their own conscience to do for themselves, but you, you are called upon to, to do what is right after you've examined your own conscience. So I would, um, I would dearly love to talk to you for about 16 hours, but I know, I know. I know. We have fun. So, all right. Um, uh, so I, I will share, I can see you've, you've popped a couple of links in the chat. I'll share them in the show notes. I would really love people to, to follow you, support you in any way that, that they can. More power to you uh, as you run for, for re-election. And uh, we, we, shall, we shall hopefully talk again soon and I can work my way through the rest of my incredibly extensive list of questions because there was a big one we didn't get to and that was transgenderism in the military. So that's part three, transgenderism in the military, right? I've already got my subject. There we go. That'll okay, let's, let's talk again soon. Thank you so much for your time. Thank today. you, Robin. Bye. Bye.